0: Hello, my name is Banning and I get to serve as one of the pastors at the 8th Street Church in Oklahoma City and I want to welcome you to this week in the way of Jesus here in the third week in the season of Lent. Lent is a season of confession and repentance. We confess which means to tell the truth about who we are and about who God is. And in that telling of the truth, we notice the difference between what we've said about ourselves and what we've said about God. In that space, we are invited then to turn, to repent toward the God we see in the person of Jesus. Another way we might say that is this. When we look to Jesus on the cross, the clearest image of the invisible God, we look at ourselves, the ones who crucified him, and we confess the difference. While these practices of confession and repentance are integral to the season of Lent, a helpful practice precedes them. So this week in the way of Jesus, we invite you to the practice of fasting.
1: The is coming. We are praying for it.
0: Hear the word of the Lord from the gospel of Mark. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until 3 in the afternoon. At 3 o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, "Eloi, Eloi, leme sabachthani," which means, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, "Listen, he is calling for Elijah." And someone ran filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was God's Son. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Blessed are the ones who do not bury All the broken pieces of their heart Blessed are the tears of all the weary Pouring like a sky falling stars blessed are the wounded ones in the kingdom is yours hold on a little more this is not the end hope is in the lord keep your eyes on him
0: it's believed that the gospel of mark was the first of our four gospels that was written Most scholars have it written between the years 65 and 75 AD, when Nero, the Roman emperor, was severely persecuting Christians in Rome. Throughout Nero's time as emperor, there were many Jewish revolts, violent protests to the oppression and the persecution they were experiencing. These were soon followed by the first disastrous Jewish-Roman war in which the city of Jerusalem and the temple itself were destroyed by the Romans. Now, Jerusalem was the city of God. The place and the people who resided in it would be the start, the the home base for God's preferred reality. And what happened in Jerusalem would then spread through the world. Time and again, we see in the Old Testament and in the Psalms that God cherished the city of Jerusalem. This was his place of dwelling. And given that the temple was also this place of God's dwelling, it was a particular gut punch to the people of God when Nero and Rome utterly destroyed it. There's no doubt that these words of Jesus on the cross came across the lips of those who experienced this reality My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's in this historical context that the gospel writer of Mark is telling the story of Jesus on the cross. Those hearing this gospel knew suffering. They knew persecution. They knew violence. And so Mark, through the story of Jesus, offers them a new way to understand their suffering and pain. They were not alone in their cries of dereliction and pain. In these moments of Jesus on the cross, Jesus enters into all pain and all suffering and himself cries out this prayer of abandonment My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, this cry comes from the 22nd Psalm. This is not a new prayer or a new cry from Jesus, but an old one. One that has been prayed, cried out by the community of faith for generations. Jesus isn't the first to pray this prayer, and we know too well that Jesus certainly isn't the last to pray this prayer. My God, where are you? Why are you far from me? And while we could get into quite a few conversations around just that question, it seems that the gospel writer of Marx had had an intention with writing these stories in the way that he did, and in the circumstances that he did. What does it say of a God who gets found crucified on a cross? And what does it say of my assumptions of who I think God is or should?
1: Blessed are the ones who walk in kindness, even in the face of great abuse. And blessed are the deeds that go unnoticed,
0: serving with unguarded. Our assumptions of what it means to be God or who this God is are turned on their head when Jesus cries this cry of dereliction. Our inclination is to sidebar with Jesus and offer him some pointers. Look, Jesus, here's here's the thing. You're the Messiah, the one who has come to save us. I'm not sure you can accomplish that in the current position you find yourself in. I don't know if you know this, but kings don't suffer. They impose suffering on their enemies. And kings aren't rejected or abandoned. They're surrounded by the lifestyle of the rich and the famous. They can get away with just about anything. And gods don't suffer. That, I'm pretty sure that's part of what it means to be God. And gods certainly aren't killed, murdered, and crucified. That's part of the benefit package of being God. But the cross tells a different story. The cross, in all of its darkness and horror, is a revolutionary revelation of what it means to be God and the surprising way God is working to save the world. In Lent, we invite folks to look at themselves, to look at Jesus and confess the difference. But in light of this text, it might be more appropriate to say, We look at ourselves, which is a way to say, tell the truth about yourself. And then we look at Jesus, crucified on a cross. And then we confess the difference. And to see God in Jesus, crucified on the cross can be a few things, but it at least means this, God is not preserved from life's horrors, but is present in them. It's in suffering that God is most revealed. It's in darkness that we can see God for who God really is. It's through suffering love, a cry of abandonment, that God is reclaiming the world. These words of Jesus are haunting to us still. Because we don't want to know that this is the kind of God we've got. The kind of God who when it gets dark, doesn't immediately switch on the lights, but rather comes and hangs out with us on the cross in the dark and then lets us in on the most intimate conversations within the very heart of the Trinity. This kind of God knows your suffering. This kind of God knows your feelings of abandonment because this kind of God can be found in those places. Whenever you lost a job or you felt God forsaken, God is there. If you've lost a loved one, God is there. When you find yourself crying every day after you leave work, God is there. When you're at the end of your rope and you don't feel like you can take another step, God is there. When you feel God forsaken, you are not because nothing can now separate you from the love of god because in suffering love god has entered into the darkest most desolate god forsaken spaces of our lives the kingdom is yours,
1: the kingdom is yours.
0: This week in the way of Jesus, we invite you to the practice of fasting. Throughout this Lenten season, we have turned to this as our practice, in part because we need the encouragement to continue our fasting and because the practice of fasting for spiritual purposes can be foreign to us. When we fast, we say no to a particular thing or activity so that we can open ourselves up to God. In the relinquishing of something, we find that we have the space, metaphorically and sometimes literally, to focus on God, to be in conversation with God. And so this week, whatever it is that you choose to fast, screens, sugar, social media, whatever it is, use that space to pay attention to God. Specifically, the God revealed in Jesus crying this prayer of abandonment and dereliction. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If Lent invites us to this rhythm of confession and repentance, a turning away from something and a turning toward God, then fasting gives us the first step. The space that allows you to pay attention to just what God you are turning toward and what God you are confessing the difference
1: with.
0: Friends, thank you for joining us this week in the way of Jesus. My prayer for you in these Lenten days is that you may know the God revealed on the cross and that the God of the cross might be revealed in you grace and peace, my friends.